Okay, so let's start with our opening statement. Oh, right. Uh, I remember always liking um, Tomorrow Is Yesterday um, when I was younger. The whole uh, time travel aspect is always fun and interesting, and seeing the Enterprise crew interact with 19... What is it? 1968... Yeah. Or around there. Mid mid to late 1960s. Earth and humans. is interesting. Um, I think the only two times that happened was in this episode and Assignment Earth. And uh, whether or not it holds up uh, upon rewatching many years down the road, uh, I, I would say that it, uh, it holds up, uh, you know, reasonably well. Uh, the the way they do the time travel, the, the light speed breakaway thing is uh, pretty much ludicrous, but um, that's a case where you have to suspend disbelief. Um, uh, the character of Captain Christopher, uh, good character, um, and they're, you know, the uh, uh, what happened, or no, no, I was thinking... <laughs> I was just thinking about another scene, but I'm mixing up Assignment Earth and, and this episode. Um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, leave it there and uh, let one of you two guys chime in. Okay, um, I guess I will jump on there next. I, I would have to agree with that. Um, the, the, the whole idea is just fun, and it, it leads out of... Uh, a little bit out out of the end of the naked time when they mm-hmm. turn back the clock there so you you kind of i i forget if there was influence there or not but it uh watching it it seems like there's there's just a little bit of that which is which is good mm. um the yeah again again the the mechanics of it the way they handle time travel is by certainly by any standards of science fiction really clumsy yeah, and, um, the especially becomes really awkward when when they they do that bit where they beam him back into the fighter jet. Oh right, and, and, and then yeah. he appears back in there again, and then the Enterprise disappears, and you just like what? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And so that that stuff you just have to kind of forget about a little yeah. bit. But I just remember um, from kind of a nostalgic haze. Uh, watching this one and seeing just just being just blown away by the the sight of the Enterprise up in the up in the blue sky of Earth, just mm-hmm. kind of hanging there, um, it just just seemed crazy. Maybe maybe because it was something you never saw in mm-hmm. the original series, but the idea that that the Enterprise is just kind of hanging out in the low, lower atmosphere, and that that they had that gone through this. Uh, small catastrophe and been thrown back in time it's it's very compelling and i think it's yeah. a, op- a very very good opening teaser and um i i really enjoy that and i, I that that was always a great hook for for the episode i i yep. also really enjoy the the scenes where captain christopher is shown around the ship and oh right they, they talk to him and he, he it, it's underplayed just enough that you, that you kind of buy it. He, he's he's definitely kind of uh, er, very earnest and yet also 
doesn't overdo it. I, I, I enjoyed him quite a bit. Even, even though, again, if you've seen enough Star Trek, you just keep having these thoughts over and over again, like, why are you showing them all this future stuff? You fools! And yeah. Then, and that's... And, and then finally Spock starts to figure out, like, oh, shit, we shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> but Kirk's just like, hey, this is cool. I'm going to show them all this neat stuff. <laughs> so, um, and, and it, it's hard not to get caught up in that. Well, and not the least of which was telling Captain Christopher that his as-yet-unborn son would uh, be the first pilot, what was it, a manned Jupiter mission or something like that? Saturn mm-hmm. probe, yeah. Saturn, Saturn probe, yeah. Yeah, there, there's a lot of really, head, real head scratchers <laughs> with, with, with that, and um, but I, you know, they are trying, and 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 probably somebody could come out and say that Doctor Who was handled had, at that time had handled this better, but but this that 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 Star Trek for you, this yeah. this was well, one of the very first times time travel had ever been dealt with. Yeah, and I, my reaction to it on watching it, I had the same nostalgic. Um, I remember thinking how cool this episode was for very similar reasons to what you both expressed, and not only the time travel idea, but the the visual, uh, striking visual image, and and all that. And I, I think that, um, I think it, it's still this. Actually, for me, I expected this episode to be a a big bore, for me, and it wasn't. It wasn't nearly as much as I as I had expected, and I think it's actually a well. A well-told and well-written episode. I think it does rely too much on um, the the novelty of, of the time travel and um, and, the, and the idea of coming back to present day, then present day Earth. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't really seem to treat any it doesn't seem to treat any larger themes. You know, it doesn't seem to be engaging with ideas the way that that my I think the best episodes do. And so for me that that's a strike against it. But it. Um, you know, and so I did find myself getting a little bored with this one, um, watching it again. Um, but it did occur to me that, as you both pointed out, that it looks it looks backward. So if you start with the naked time, they they realize, oh, geez, we've discovered a way in which time travel can happen. And then this episode is sort of fulfilling that promise in a way. And then they also they raise the possibility, or Spock raises the possibility, as you pointed out, that they could do something that would alter the future and in fact even eliminate their own existence and that is that idea is fulfilled you know the and and further explored in um sitting on the edge of forever and so actually you see that this idea or this concept playing out over multiple episodes and it's kind of cool to think it's one of the one of the benefits of watching these episodes in order you know is that you can see now i don't know like if it was intentional, or but I have a feeling that it probably was that Roddenberry or Kuhn were, you know, they were at least aware of this this idea, and so they um, somehow it got you know further explored in, in City and the Edge of Forever. So it's like it, it ultimately is like it's the concept behind one of the best episodes. Or yeah, maybe it, the, it really the pays best off. Episode. Yeah, it really pays yeah, off. Where, where, they, where they finally take it seriously. Yeah, yeah, that's a really interesting. So it's like as hard sci-fi. Well, you know, it also you know it's as exploring that just sort of that sort of dilemma. Is, it's kind of interesting. Like, yeah, what would they do? Like, they couldn't right if they couldn't get home. What what would they do there with this yeah. advanced ship and stuff? So there there are little there are intriguing things that if if you use your imagination, you can 
really get into. And um, let's see, there's also... Uh, the, the other thing I appreciate about this one is that the... Again, it's an earlier episode, so the 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 secondary cast gets a little bit more to do. Or Sulu yeah. actually gets to go have some dialogue. He gets to go down on the, on on the landing party with uh, with Kirk, and they yeah. make a joke that, about old computers and things like that. It was really interesting, right? It was yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um um. It's definitely a light. You would have called this John. You would have called this a Jiffy track, maybe. I think it's I it's know. semi jiffy, Se- yeah, maybe yeah. semi jiffy track. I mean, it's, it's serious. Not, it's but not it's... completely played for laughs, but um, there, there's, but it has it's, a, it's a lighter, jokey. yeah, yeah. It's and obviously the um, the computer. Oh God, is, I forgot. So yes. I, I mean, we should talk we'll, about we'll, that. We'll, like, we'll save that from misogyny corner. What to make so. of that whole thing? But that, but that's kind <laughs> yeah, of I'd, I'd totally forgotten that that was in this episode. Oh God, I, I had too, like, and I, I it just made me cringe. But the. Um, <laughs> the the jokes there are many jokes in here there there there's the whole thing where Spock is looking at the at the film and it just says poor photography. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just love that part. <laughs> just laugh my ass off. <laughs> and poor then McCoy just like right? what the fuck you poor photography. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah, great great little bit. <laughs> it's like that's what Spock has to say. Yeah, and I, you know, I was thinking it. Um, you, but I think you both said maybe that Christ- Christopher <laughs> character, his reaction to the, to the future and seeing the Enterprise is understated, and I, it's sort of in contrast to this. There's a next gen episode, an early next gen episode where they wake, some some, 20th century Earth people who were in hibernation, and I forget. Yeah, it's called exactly. the neutral zone. The neutral, the neutral zone, zone. Yeah, that was Very actually the season the closer season. for the first season. Um, and I remember being annoyed by those characters that, oh my gosh, it's a, you know, just yeah, their, really, their reactions to, which I don't know, maybe, maybe more accurate, but just, I appreciated the subtlety of, they didn't overdo it, it with, you know, having him uh, yeah, it's, freak it's, out. Yeah, it's definitely, for, for me, it depends on what kind of a mindset I'm in. Yeah. So sometimes it's kind of amusing and interesting and other times it, it just seems way, way too much. Yeah. So, um, um, oh, go ahead, Rob. No, 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 I was just gonna, I wasn't saying anything in particular. Go ahead. You weren't saying anything in particular. Um, this is one of those episodes where the new redone special effects are, are nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's the shots of, I mean, I actually don't remember what they, the old ones were like, but, but the shots of the Enterprise going around the sun and the... I don't, did they redo the ones with the, the Enterprise in the clouds as well over Earth? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah, they did. So those, those I thought looked really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. How, um, how about the uh, the 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 airman guy? They they beam up by accident who has to eat chicken soup. <laughs> <laughs> another another example of the jokiness. <laughs> Mister Kyle, you know, taking a break from the agony booth, uh, gives him some chicken soup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The agony booth. Well, I, look, no, no, I like no, the look I, on Kyle's face. That's when... not he. That's right. He he just had an agonizer used on his chest. I I got that. Oh, right. okay. <laughs> yeah. Your agonizer, agonizer please. please. <laughs> no, Mr. Spock. No, I, wasn't I my didn't fault. do it. <laughs> <laughs> please. Um, but you know the airman sticks his finger in the soup and tastes it, and it's chicken soup. And Kyle looks like, <laughs> well, what the fuck do you think it was? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
That's pretty funny. The thing I always wondered is, the, what's the deal with those plastic cards that they, they shove in? They're supposed it's to be like, data chips. Yeah, just like when they use them on the computer, yeah. um, com- computer a, records and stuff. It's the same thing. It's their, their equivalent of, of a thumb drive or a memory stick. <coughs> so are we supposed to, to think that one of the, he's holding these, this pile of drives and one of them has chicken soup on it? <laughs> yeah, it's and just... And he shoves it yeah. in and, and that's, that's sort of ridiculous. I know, yeah, that, I mean, that, that, it's a little bit, little bit less remarkable. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's it's almost just like a, a little. It's like there's an automat in the in the transporter. Yeah, room. it would have been better this, to just have. I mean, I guess they in next gen they they fixed that by having it just be voice commands. Oh yeah, much yeah. better. Which I'm a little surprised they didn't do that since they already talked to the computer. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so they they could have. It wouldn't have taken that big of a leap to do that, but apparently they they thought they needed some kind of a a physical thing to produce food yeah well that's one of the things that i always find interesting about watching original trek or reading or watching um science fiction from you know the golden age from the 30s 40s 50s and uh i mean in the 60s you know mid 60s computer technology was in its infancy um there was no such thing as a personal computer and uh you know the, the the there is no way they uh Roddenberry could have known uh where micro miniaturization was headed and mm. you know what within you know ten to fifteen years would be um well I mean we're already almost to the point of uh the level of computer technology that the original series showed so um and, and even and it's funny in some ways almost to in some ways far beyond it obviously look how big the uh the main unit of m5 is yeah <laughs> it's you know, the size of, of a freezer chest yeah um which at the time probably seemed realistic or even cutting edge yeah Considering how large computers were at the time, right? Yeah, I, I suppose it was just maybe too much of a leap to have um, something like the food dispenser be actually a computer, as opposed to the thing that Kirk and Spock talk to and get information from. Mm-hmm. Where they actually again had the uh, the foresight to, to to have voice command, like like again, like we're starting to have now. Where you enter, you know, you all, you, you, yeah, you see them all punching buttons and things like that. But the the primary way they seem to get information is through verbal commands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I, of course, you always assume that there are just certain times when you hear uh, verbal verbal uh, communication out of the computer. Whereas when Spock's on the bridge with his blue scanner, he sees all sorts of interesting information there. <laughs> we, yeah. We all, yeah. We all like to think. Like, what is he looking at in there? Hmm. Yeah, it's got to be something interesting. Yeah, you know, I think it... there was there was one episode, and I'm trying to remember which one it was, where they showed on the main screen, uh, presumably what Spock was looking at in his hmm. hooded viewer. Um, Would it have been maybe the um, the 
thinking kind of journal journey to Babel or oh, okay. I thought you know, maybe that, it was. Know. I thought maybe it was Balance of Terror, but uh, that's what I was thinking about too. With the with the the grid of the the, the, the neutral zone. No, and the, yeah, no, no, it wasn't because it was, there was no grid. It was just a blue background with a darker blue symbol or something. No, it moving. was not dark blue. It was gray. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, it just it, that just makes reminds me that this episode, the HD, really did this episode no favors in this the opening when everything's black on the bridge and the panels above that usually have oh those, that's right they look you awful can, you can see the crinkly paper <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, i remember really noticing bad. that too oh like, yeah it's geez, really unfortunate man. it's unfortunate yeah it's really distracting uh, you... <laughs> another great example of stuff you were never meant to see yeah yeah yep not that you can blame them but no well you know on a 13 inch black and white or color screen yeah with you know mid 60s reception it wouldn't you know, have wouldn't have, have showed up at all difference yeah no no the best best broadcast was incredibly low resolution yeah especially and, by uh, today's standards yeah and most of the time the 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 high resolution improves things yeah but yeah you you see, you see some wrinkles although you know um it's a bit of a tangent, but uh, we watched um, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, with some friends, and they have a, a widescreen HD um, TV and uh, a Blu-ray uh, DVD player. And I actually did not like the way it looked, the, the Blu-ray version of that movie, the way it looked on the HD TV. It was... Uh, it actually, it, it, you know, yeah, it was very crisp, but it actually looked kind of like a uh, videotape to me. Uh, and it was, uh, something about it really bothered me. It, uh, the, the resolution was too high. Um, mm. if it, I, maybe what... it was because it made the CGI really clearly CGI. If, mm -hmm. if I had to guess, there, there are a couple of possibilities. The one that I would most suspect is that a lot of newer TV displays have these um, high, what these kind of pseudo high refresh frame rate modes that are supposed to make things look all sharper and, um, you know, make, make sports and things like that look mm. look clearer. They, they basically, they fuck with the image and um, do hmm. scaling with it and... That that's the kind of stuff that's often turned on when you buy a TV because mm -hmm. they make them look better in the stores. Hmm. And if you don't know any better, you you leave it all on. Or or some people have just gotten just for whatever reason that that they think that's a better way that things look better because they're they're they've got this fake sharpness to them. It's 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 a common problem with uh, the way that some movies are are put out in HD. Also, they. You know the high the high resolution will bring out the the, the grain and the flaws in like older films, mm. and then they will use uh, software to so, you know basically uh, remove all scrub it all out to make to make mm. the picture look you know clean, and when they do it, it also removes some of the you know, the detail and it makes makes everything look scrubbed and kind of uh, overly shiny and smooth like, mm, like yeah. fle flesh flesh tones don't look right things like that mm. yeah 
So what? And how so, do you fix that? Is there a particular setting that you should that you focus on? Um, or basically, is it what a bunch you do stuff is you go in those menus on your TVs, and if there's oh. any kind of setting, picture settings, or anything like that that are, you know, that have any kind of name like you know sharpness or I don't know what they're actually called most of the time, but any, anything yeah. that that's got an effect, mm-hmm. um, you you just turn all it all all of it off. Oh, okay. And make make the TV as as vanilla as possible. Hmm. Does okay. that constitute a filter? Um, it could be a filter. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes what this is doing, I bet what you were seeing, Eric, is that it was taking the the normal, uh, probably sixty frame per second video of the Blu-ray and then like multiplying it several times to, hmm. to make it have that look of a high frame rate. Um, hmm. it, again, it's all done just really inside the tv and looks kind of fake and if you'll you'll see if you don't know any better it it, it looks but looks sharper or cleaner or brighter mm. yeah and things like it's it's like in the older tvs where you would you would really boost up the contrast and sharpness and stuff like that to make things look better but it would actually make make the image look degraded mm-hmm. so that's i mean that, that blu-rays really are very very high quality if they're done right mm-hmm. and if you're watching it on the right kind of display they're, they should look definitely better than anything on iTunes or Netflix or anything like that the the, the bit rate on them is way way higher hmm. so oh. if, if they're not being displayed poorly or um, if they if they're if they weren't fucked up some way when they were made um, they they should they should be one of the best ways you can watch a movie in your house. Now yeah, we, get, we also have 4K stuff coming out now too, which mm. is different. But anyway, <clears throat> back to the show. Should we uh, <laughs> should we go to misogyny corner for a moment? Yes, let, sure. Let's talk about it. now. The, it's a, so just to preface ahead, it, but no, I was just to observe that this episode was written by DC Fontana, and so yeah. what, what does that tell you about the the computer that says "dear" and it was made by by a on a planet where females dominate and I'm curious yeah, or, what you guys or, think. or did uh, did Roddenberry ask her to put that in? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was gonna say there there's no way. Uh, yeah. Well, it probably talks about it in These Are the Voyages, but there's no way to know for sure without an account like that, a detailed account of the production, to know who inserted that. To me, that kind of reeks of Roddenberry. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, Especially the background where you, you hear it's like it was overhauled at a planet where the <laughs> where it's controlled by women. Yeah. Yeah, and they sort of say it with contempt, you know, like. Oh yeah, they um, they, they, they don't all. say it in a in a way that's flattering. Like, at all. Oh yeah, we had to have the computer fixed at a woman's yeah. planet. Fuck. Well, right. now the when Spock was acting contemptuous, um, he was acting contemptuous of the when he said, uh, they thought that the computer lacked a personality, and you know, according to his Vulcan mindset and take on you know uh, very flagrant or very exuberant personalities the fact that they gave it a female um, personality such as it was you know that would not set well with him 
I, yeah, I don't it, think it was. It was he, he did, doesn't he say unfortunately female or something like that? Just just in this like, and of course it had to be female. Well, you know, if if you look at this side of paradise, when he talks, I mean, he says outright, you know, I've never understood the female capacity to avoid a direct answer to any question. Um, yeah, no, that that's that's consistent. <laughs> um. So yeah, maybe Spock was a sexist. Hmm. Disappointing. Yeah, that well, that, 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 that know, whole thing it, is it, it's just a bad excuse for some jokes. Yeah. See, see it, it's really something that they could have lost. It's a gag. And... Yeah, yeah, where it's like, oh well Captain Christopher, well twentieth century guy will relate to this. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. That 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 part is, is is very unfortunate. Yeah. Well, do you guys have anything else interesting or exciting about this one? <laughs> do i ever have anything interesting or exciting yeah, to say i don't yeah. know i don't know this coming from the lawyer <laughs> um yeah i don't i don't think so um, i don't have anything yeah it's still very entertaining it's it, it's definitely one i like to watch still yeah uh, it it uh i think it would pro- fall probably you know in the the mid range uh in terms of enjoyability and quality yeah and the like, the whole scene when when kirk is being held captive is is kind of fun yeah <laughs> yeah tells uh, the I'm truth lock and you up for yeah. 200 years and <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> except <laughs> you know the the thing about that is that you, you should have said 300 years because that would <laughs> actually what would have been approximately enough time I was sort of wondering, Eric, whether I, I knew you would correct the record if it was necessary on that. You let the record show. Computed. 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 Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> an unfortunate tendency to giggle. It's <laughs> awful. Did, did Neha watch this one with you, Rob? No, no, I would not have exposed. I would not have exposed her to this one. I, I think I don't know. I think maybe um, maybe I'll make her watch one of these coming up here. I mean, I got she's anything with space or star or <laughs> she's she's uh, allergic to it. So I I got her to watch The Martian, which she actually really liked. Um, oh yeah, that's a good. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's progress being made, but the Martian, yeah, yeah, okay. But no, she's allergic to science fiction. Um, she thinks she is. I mean, yes, she's not receptive to it, but but you know, I'll work on it. So I, but I have to be careful about what I choose to be as a representative. Yeah, but the Martian definitely was good. So, well, Matt Damon. (laughs) Matt Matt Damon helps. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It's true. All right. Well, that's, that sounds good. So we'll wrap this one up. We'll do This Side of Paradise and Court Martial Doubleheader next time.